tonight to First Samuel chapter thirty. First Samuel chapter thirty. A preacher was sharing his experience with his wife as she was in labor pains as she was giving birth to their child and he thought it was really kind of a joke that he was to be there to be support, to tell her when to breathe and things like that. And when my children were born, there's no no other place I would have been than right there at the hospital. But I can't say that I really had a whole lot of of knowledge and understanding of what was going on there. I did not feel like I was very much support. Men, the ladies really have something on us in the way of pain. We have never experienced those pains before. We can't even imagine. The ladies might tell you that it's like the worst cramps you've ever had times a million and we still don't get it. I've been told that it's like having a Charlie horse in your stomach on steroids or something like that, that you just feel like it is that there is twisting and squeezing and pulling going on inside your stomach, that there is an internal game of tug of war going on inside you. Uh, we, we just can't understand it. So I feel like my wife and many wives were kind of there all alone in that situation. You know, we uh, sometimes we find ourselves all alone in life with things that we go through. I was sitting here talking to Caleb and he he noticed the mic right here and he said, you're preaching. And I said, yes. He said, I sat in the wrong place then. And I didn't know what he meant at first, but he was just going to be alone up here when I left to come preach. And we don't like that. We don't like to be alone. I, I recall a time when I was speaking to a, a woman who wanted to share her troubles. She heard I was a preacher and I listened to her and we talked and we shared and we prayed together. And when we parted ways, I didn't know if I would ever see her again. So I told her, look, the Lord is a very present help in trouble and you can talk to him all the time. And she said, well, I just really want somebody to talk to. And, um, you know, the Lord is the best person to talk to. And, uh, and sometimes there's going to be nobody around. What do you do in your times of trouble when no one is there? How do, how do we deal with our troubles in life? You know, this is a common subject and we might hear a lot of things on it, but it seems as though we need to hear it over and over because we always go to self and the ability of self most of the time when trouble comes our way. What do we do in times of trouble? I, I, I guess we could just Google. You can go home and Google 
top 10 things to do in your time of trouble. I, I did that very thing. I did that very thing. And let's see, let's see what wonderful solutions we've come up with. Change your language about the problem from negative to positive. Uh, that, that sounds like a pretty good thing to do, maybe. Uh, but is it a solution? Well, that's what they say. Define the situation and the problem clearly. Use critical thinking to approach the problem from several different directions. Clearly define the ideal solution to the problem. It's just that easy. Um, pick the best solution to solve your challenge. Prepare for the worst possible outcome and how to overcome it. Measure your progress. Take complete responsibility for your decision. I like this one. Set a deadline for when things should be solved. Wow. I wish we could. And, and how about just take action and solve the problem? You know, Google works good for a lot of things. I, I figured out what was wrong with a vehicle just by Googling. And there's a lot of things you can do. But as far as our problem solving in life, I don't believe any of these things are going to fix it. However, in God's word, he has he has a man that he has taken through many hard experiences in life that we might see the blueprint, that we might look at the pattern of David and all he went through and what he did as a result. We need this because troubles in life are very many and they are they are endless, whether it be pain of whatever kind, whether it be illness, whether it be loneliness, whether it be enemies, whether it be the wrong decisions we make, whether it be the result of the wrong decisions that others have made that affect us. We have endless problems that we go through. And I believe we could all sit here and just make a list of things and we could try to make a list of solutions in our own minds as to how to accomplish this, or we could go to someone that God has given great experience with trouble over, who has seen some great successes, and that is David. I would ask that you follow with me here in the 30th chapter of 1 Samuel, and we will look at the first six verses. And it came to pass... When David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein, they slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, uh, Ahinoam and the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed. 
For the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. A little background here. We see that David was living in Ziklag and Saul was after him as he was so many times to kill him. So he fled and he found himself making a boo-boo and, and, and joining up with the Philistines. And, and so they didn't trust him and those, they sent him away. David goes back to Ziklag and he finds out that all of these things have happened, that the city's been set on fire, that the women and children had been kidnapped, including his own. And so when Saul wanted to kill him when he went back the people wanted to for fleeing from Ziklag and so he's experiencing these this pressure from all sides and even though there were some around that were with him you know that he felt all alone whenever pressure was coming from everywhere have you been there have you ever felt all alone in the struggles that you're going through and, and, and in our everyday lives, the things we sometimes turn to, that person isn't there. Or that encouragement just isn't there. What do you do when you find yourself in troubles all alone? What do you do when circumstances work against us from all directions? Let's take a good look at what David did here. It's actually really simple, though we don't find ourselves doing this very much. So let us be refreshed and, and let us see what he says there at the very end of verse 6. I have that underlined in my Bible, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. This is what you see that David did first before anything else. He went to the Lord and, 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 and got together with him first. We don't need anyone around to do the first thing that we need to do in our time of trouble. No one has to be around when we go to the Lord. It's best that we go to him alone. We do not need our circumstances to change in any way first before doing this first step by going to the Lord in our time of trouble. There is nothing that hinders us from going to him. When David was being pursued so many times, we read in the Psalms and we find that David found a place and he said, and he wrote songs to God. He wrote Psalms of God, Psalms of God's truth. He talked about God's truth to him and that encouraged him. He started out so many of the Psalms being down and, and a heaviness upon him because of what he was going through, but he was exalting and praising and worshiping his God by the end of these songs that he shared with the Lord. In the 59th Psalm, in the first four verses, he was pressured by Saul as he was so many. Uh, let's, let's listen to what he says. 
Deliver me from mine enemies, O my God. Defend me from them that rise up against me. Deliver me from the workers of iniquity and save me from bloody men. For lo, they lie in wait for my soul. The mighty are gathered against me, not for my transgression, nor for my sin. O Lord, they run and prepare themselves without my fault. Awake to help me and behold. David went to the Lord his God whenever he was being pursued and he found encouragement right in that dark situation. We find in the 56th Psalm in the first two verses the imprisonment of David. It says, Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me, O thou most high. He's talking about an imprisonment of the way he feels concerning what he's going through with his enemies. And then we can go back to the third Psalm in the first couple of verses and see that David in his fleeing, and it says in the third Psalm in the first two verses, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. David was going to the Lord when he was on the run from his enemies. But also in the 63rd Psalm, David was hiding in the wilderness and went to his God. He says, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is to see thy power and thy glory. So as I've seen thee in the sanctuary, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. In times of great distress, David had a great God that he went to. He went to his father first before anything else. And it makes all the difference in the world. In tormented times of trouble for David, he trusted God. The circumstance didn't change. Someone didn't come along to help. Someone might not have stopped pursuing to hurt him. But David still trusted in the Lord his God. Let me read a few more in the 56th Psalm and the third and fourth verse. It says, what time I am afraid... I will trust in thee. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. The problem gets smaller before it even changes when you go to your great God and go to him first. David meditated on God. When we go to God... And we speak to him in prayer. He heareth his children. He hears us. And then there are times in prayer that we should not say a word. But we should just just sit and, and meditate on him silently. And consider the fact that God knows all of our thoughts. God knows all of our fears. 
God knows every emotion we're feeling and going through. He doesn't just know it, He's experienced it. And you have someone that has empathy who is right there with you. Why would we really go anywhere else? We must stop these fleshly reactions to our troubles in life and go to Him. It changes a lot of things when we do. David spent time alone meditating with God. One of my favorite verses is becoming to be Isaiah 26.3, which says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. That is exactly what we really want and we're looking for, is stability when the earthquake of problems are erupting all around us. And we can't find our stability in the typical habits that we have of responses to the issues of life that we face. We must first go to the Lord our God for these things. Can we apply this and appropriate this simple outline to our lives. It's, it's a simple thing. Let us spend time with the Lord first when troubles come. When we, we think about our process and the things we go through and how we go through them when we act on our own. Have you ever made something worse? Something bad happens and then our reaction makes it even worse. And even we're trying to fix something and we make it worse. When my wife tells me about a problem she's having, I immediately try to fix it. I, I, I mean, and I come up with a solution in just a minute. That's not what she wants. That's not what she's wanting. I can't fix her problems. She can't fix mine. And you can't fix each other's. And you can't fix your own. It's ju We are just going to make it worse. But we have a father that has a divine plan that is perfect for you and I. Let us seek Him first. When we seek the Lord first, it will change our thoughts about our troubles. When we seek the Lord first, it will change our plan on dealing with our troubles. When we seek the Lord first, it will change who is with us in our troubles. Now, don't get me wrong. The Lord will never leave us nor forsake us. He's a very present help in time of trouble. But He wants us to ask Him. He wants us to depend on Him. He wants us to, to lean to Him for strength. David encouraged himself in the Lord. That word encouraged means he strengthened himself. He found strength when he went to God. And God wants us to go to Him. Don't think that he will, that God will not just sit back and observe us going through the things we go through if we don't call on him. He wants us to call out. He wants us to, to talk to him in our time of trouble or he may just sit back and watch what we do. So, so let us go to him. Let us stay close to him. 
James says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. What better thing can you have than the presence of the Lord and the leading of the Lord in your life when you go through times of trouble? We must keep our focus here because we all agree that we must and should go to him first. And we'll, we'll end up in prayer that exalts the Lord. We'll end up praising His name. We'll end up breaking forth in worship in our struggle because of the strength that we know that He has for you and I. And the more troubles we go through that we go to the Lord too in, the more we're going to have confidence in the One who can solve all of our problems or help us to deal with them if He doesn't take it away. Can we go to the Lord first? Can I say it too many times? I don't think so. We need to trust him and he will give us strength. This is how David became encouraged in his time of trouble. Whether someone is around or whether no one is around, this is what you and I ought to do. David encouraged himself and the Lord his God. Remember this in time of need, because there is always going to be a market for this for God's people, because whether it be family, whether it be friends, whether it be financial, whether it be work, whether it be worry, whether it be our health, whether it be something in the home, we're always going to have troubles and they're going to continue. I think we do a weak and accurate uh, way of thinking and just wanting everything to quit and wanting them all to leave. Well, they're not. The storms of life are always going going to be coming our way. You've either just come out of one, you're in one, or one's just ahead. You can wait uh, just a second and it will be here. Remember to encourage yourself in time of need. We need David's example and we need it over and over. We need to refer back to it. We need to go to it over and over because you and I may go out tomorrow and try to tackle our problems on our own when the Lord is saying, trust me. Trust me. We're, we're, we're in training and He's developing us. And as we're trained, let us make that our absolute first step. Let's read it every day. Let's do whatever we have to do, calling upon Him, meditating on Him, and trusting Him. Some people get bitter in their problems, bitter toward God, and they haven't even gone to God to ask Him for help. I've heard it. I haven't heard it directly, but I have deciphered it out of the conversations of someone telling me about their troubles. And they admit they're bitter with God. And then when you come down to it, they haven't even gone to God and went to their divine helper first. Some try to fix their problems sinfully and then ask God to bless it. Some people go off into sin and that puts maybe this little imaginary band-aid on it for a minute for a minute and then wants God to bless it in some way some quit meeting with God when God with God's people 
for worship whenever troubles come their way and they never go to the Lord. Some people say when you invite them to church, well, I've got so many things to sort out in my life. When I get everything straight, I will come to the church and I will worship God. And we are never meant to have anything straight without the Lord. We are overmatched for our problems and we cannot deal with them on our own and then go to the Lord. That's not what he wants. The Lord wants us to trust him. We need to trust him. I, I, I just heard someone this morning say, well, the Lord will not put anything more on you than you can bear. He absolutely will. Everything that you can bear is to be uh, held up and endured through with him, by walking with him, by seeking him. So our troubles will cave in on us and cause us severe problems and take us out if we're not seeking the Lord. And you and I, what a blessing it is when we see our helplessness to really be able to do anything about it to help our situation. Where could I go but to the Lord? Are you with me tonight? Can we consider him who is the helper and endurer through us of all of our problems? Let us not act in error for the things that we think in error. We're not meant to have anything straight without him. We need to trust him. Peter says in First Peter verses, chapter 5, verses 6 and 7, he says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you, for he careth for you. He wants to show you his strength. Your trouble is his opportunity to show you his care and his kindness and his goodness and his wisdom and his ability in and through your life. He wants to do that for you and I in everything we go through. You will not find in this blessed book, God helps those who help themselves. That is not the plan or the pattern of God in any way whatsoever. But it does say, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. How, what a wonderful Lord we have who, who not only knows our problem and knows how we feel and knows what we're going through, but He knows what's going to happen in the problem tomorrow. He knows where the end of the problem might be. He knows how to help us through the problem if it never ends throughout our life. My grace is sufficient for thee is what He told Paul and maybe He'll tell us that. That's not bad news to walk in the grace of God and to experience His grace as he strengthens you to deal with what may never go away. Look, our worry, our negativity, our over-medicating, our anxiousness, our shortcut schemes 
It's a lack of appropriating our divine helper, our Lord, in our problems and during our problems. When we leave God out, we are left to deal with things that we are absolutely no match for. And we're probably going to compound our problem when we tackle it on our own and make things worse. You, you, you heard about the, the fellow that got a, got a, uh, he got a, an estimate on, on what it would cost to fix something and then he decided he was going to do it on his own and all he did was mess, mess it up. So he got another estimate for the existing condition he had and it was going to cost him twice as much to get it fixed. And that's the way it is with you and I, with these issues in life that the master of life, that the prince of life, wants to help you and I with. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Will you hunger for His help? Will you thirst for that living water that only He can give? The only refreshing you can get in your time of problems will come from Him. Will you seek Him with all your heart? May we learn from this great man of God who had such great experiences and all his many great troubles, David, as we deal with things in life because he survived them and he surpassed what God allowed him to surpass that he didn't have to keep enduring. You know, the message tonight begs us to trust in the Lord's provisions, His promises, and His almighty power that He will, that He will give to you and I in our time of troubles. He has strength, He has deliverance, and He has joy for you and I, even in the midst of what we go through. As I think of Habakkuk, these verses come to mind often. I don't go to read them often. I'm going to read them tonight as I, as I see them coming into play here in what we're doing. And it says, when I heard my belly trembled, my lips quivered at the voice, rottenness entered into my bones, I trembled in myself that I might rest in the day of trouble. When he cometh up unto the people, he will invade them with his troops. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat, the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall no herd be in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, He will make my feet like hind's feet, and He will make me to walk Upon mine high places, God gives joy in our time of trouble that you and I can really do nothing about. In our problems, the purpose of this message is to show us if we're trusting in our own strength through our troubles or if we're really trusting in the strength of the Lord. He loves us and He would have us to examine our hearts and to consider where we are and what pattern we follow. And what, and He's wanting to show us what we can do 
and his strength because problems are going to come. But as we close tonight and we think about all of these byproducts of salvation, these are the byproducts of salvation. But the biggest problem that one is going to have in life is not having ever met the Lord. Have you met him in your heart? Has he saved you? What has he done in your life? What change has taken place in your life? Because when we are saved by the Lord, he brings about a change. And we know, we know and we experience his strength. There, uh, an emotional religious moment doesn't connect us with the Lord. When a family member has cancer and we say a prayer, that doesn't mean we've been connected with the Lord. We have seen by example that no amount of church attendance makes someone right with God and accepted by Him. But to accept the one who died for our sins, the Bible says that Christ comes to live in you and I, that Christ in you is the hope of glory. Uh, some people doubt whether they've ever met the one that comes inside you and makes you new, makes you a new creature. And he says in his word that old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You are no longer the person you were when you meet Jesus Christ. Do you know him tonight? It's, it's really encouraging to know that there's strength for you in your time of trouble. But that's not why one should come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's not the true moving of God upon you to be saved. To be saved is to be saved from your sins. And the only way for anyone to be saved from their sins is by the power of God unto salvation, the gospel, the good news of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for our sins according to the Scripture. That is the only way that you and I become born again. We don't get saved for a better life. You may have more problems after you're saved than before you were saved. But you are saved because the penalty of sin is death. And Jesus Christ took your death upon himself and divine sacrificial substitution on that cruel cross for all of your sins. And he will save your soul. He'll give you the faith to trust in him that you might have eternal life. And you know it when you do. Let us go to the Lord in a word of prayer tonight. Father in heaven, we come before you tonight again, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your good word, for your eternal salvation and the help and the strength that you give all your children. Lord, sometimes we suffer from a loneliness and no one is around. And we love it when you bring fellowship our way from others. But when no one's there, you're there. And you're a great help in our time of trouble. We can encourage ourselves in you 
just as David. And Lord, I pray for your people tonight. I pray for your children who are suffering this evening, dear God, and struggling through something they're going through. And Lord, I pray that you would make your presence known as only you can and that they would truly depend on you and that they would be led by you and guided by you, Lord, and that you would show them victory. You would show them the success that you want to bring to them as things are weighing them down in life. And Lord, for the one that is weighed down in the guilt of sin, I thank you for Jesus, dear God, that he wants to remove it tonight, that Lord, by his blood, one might be washed white as snow and made ready for heaven. Dear God, we pray that you'd have your time with your people in this invitation, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.